Hello and welcome to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Don Hibbard. And I'm Courtney Bronze. And each week we bring you conservation topics and events around the Endless Mountains. Well, spring has sprung, right? Yeah. And uh, you probably heard some geese flying overhead. Maybe you've seen some on the local lakes, ponds, waterways. Uh, so today we wanted to talk about geese because even though we see them flying south for the winter, uh, visiting our local waterways, maybe you just don't know that much about geese. And in fact, we're, we're going to specialize this particular show on Canadian geese. So let's get right to it. Yeah, so I'm sure everyone's seen a goose before. I'm sure you know what they look like. Um, if you haven't, they're the large plump birds that have long necks and that white chin strap. Yeah, so their bill, head, neck, feet, and tail are a dark black color. And then their upper parts are that grayish brown color. So the adult males weigh about 9 pounds. Um, females are slightly smaller. Both sexes look the same, which is actually different for them because most birds, the male and females, actually look different. Yeah, there's usually a, a colorization difference at least. Yep. Um, their legs are set further forward than ducks and swans, and this allows for them to walk and graze on dry land. And they have these fluffy down feathers close to their body to create dead air space, and this helps to keep them warm during the winter months. That's why you want to hug the little ones, but don't. They might hurt you. Yeah, they're pretty mean. Yeah. Turns out there's three distinct Canada goose subspecies in Pennsylvania. Um, so that's one thing that I didn't know before starting this show. Um, there's two migrants that breed in Canada and a third subspecies that breeds right here in state. So the southern James Bay population, they'll migrate over western Pennsylvania. Uh, the Atlantic population they'll migrate over eastern Pennsylvania. And then, just like I said before, there's the third subspecies known as giant Canada geese. Uh, and they largely, they're non-migratory. They'll actually breed and overwinter right here in the state. Uh, this population of non-migratory geese, uh, it's really grown significantly. Prior to 1935, no geese nested right here in the Keystone State. So, um, yeah, so if you're around before 35, uh, you didn't really see any that kind of hung out in the state. So Canada geese um, like a variety of habitats. Honestly, if you've been outside, especially this time of year, you've probably seen or at least heard one. Um, they like water, grassy fields, grain fields. Um, they're particularly drawn to lawns for two reasons. Um, one, because they can digest grass, so they like to eat it. And when they're feeding with their young, um, large wide open spaces, allow them to watch for predators that could be approaching. So they're especially abundant in parks, airports, golf courses, or other areas with expansive open areas. Canada geese migrate south from their northern summer habitats for several reasons. Um, they need open water where they can swim away from land-based predators and dive for food. And if lakes and ponds freeze over in the winter, they have to leave and go to a warmer climate. And the peak fall migration for Canada geese occurs during September and October. Because Canada geese like to return to the places they were born, they'll fly back to where they were born during the spring. Yeah, so, so like we were talking about before, uh, not all of the Canada geese migrate. Those that make their summer homes in Canada and the northern United States do. Uh, so many Canada geese that are year-round residents of their habitat, uh, they're found in urban areas, where the natural predators, you know, they're not really there. They've diminished. 
Um, and also, you can see them where there are man-made bodies of water uh, that kind of, they're more warmed than usual, and so that's where you'll see them hanging out because um, the water doesn't freeze over. So uh, during migration, Canada geese, and you've seen this, I'm sure everybody, if you're looking up in the sky, you've seen this, um, the V formations, right? So that's what they're famous for. Um, each bird flying in line a little bit behind the other. Um, and one theory as to why this takes place, uh, the formation is, that is, is to allow the lead goose to break the headwind. And they take breaks. So they switch around, so um, the lead goose gets that break and gets to hang out behind another one. Uh, and it also turns out that Canada geese communicate during their flights by honking uh, and will shift positions during the flight in order to take breaks, like I said before. So if you know us, you know we love fun facts. So we have quite a few um, on Canada geese. So the first one, um, they live around 10 to 25 years on average in the wild, although some can live to be as old as 30. And one goose lived to be 40 years old in captivity. Canada geese, they'll mate for life, and they'll begin searching for a mate somewhere between two and three years of age. And this next part, and we kind of have maybe some discrepancies about, but um, what I found was if a mate dies, a goose will try to find another mating partner. You maybe heard it a little bit different. I had always heard that if one did die, the other one would remain by itself for the rest of its life. So, not sure which way is true. Canada geese migrate in order to return to the area where they were born for mating and nesting. So, they'll return to the same area um, year after year. Uh, baby geese, called goslings, are they're incredibly impressionable and they'll follow virtually anything that moves. Um, sure, if you've worked on a farm or your farmer you know chances are if you have a, a goose population on your farm somewhere maybe a, a baby gosling has done this to your tractor or farm equipment but um they think it to be their mother so uh they've been known to follow dogs ducks humans farm equipment that type of thing uh so it's cute to see definitely Less than 24 hours after they're born goslings will be led to water by their parents to learn how to swim and they're actually able to dive 30 to 40 feet underwater by the time they're one day old, which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is. I never even heard that fact before. No, I feel like a little gosling will get ate by like a bass or something. Yeah, uh, you might know this one as well. So Canada geese will violently attack anything that they sense is a threat to their goslings. That includes humans just walking by, um, trying to be kind to geese. As they become more independent of their parents, groups of goslings may join together, forming gang broods of up to a hundred goslings. The goose gang. <laughs> uh, goslings learn to fly between two and three months of age, and uh, for the first year of their lives, they end up staying with their parents. And kind of like we mentioned before, they'll follow their parents during the first migration before forming the groups with other young geese. So like Don was saying, geese aren't friendly, so when they feel threatened, They'll stretch out their necks and honk loudly. They may also hiss, bite, and slap at the perceived threat with their wings. Uh, turns out, once every year, typically during warm weather, the geese will molt their feathers and they'll be unable to fly for a period of about six weeks. Uh, during this time, they'll stay close to the water in order to have a means of escape if a predator comes around. 
So we hope you learned some new things about Canada geese. Um, with that, we do have a couple of events. So one is Mammals of Northeastern Pennsylvania, and that's at Salt Springs State Park this Saturday, March 26th at 1 p.m. Pennsylvania Game Warden Ben Reebuck will bring specimens for discussion, and that'll be in the carriage barn. The fee is $5, and members and kids can attend for free. All right, and the other event that we have to mention is part of the Get Outdoors Susquehanna County series that the district's putting on. Um, it'll be going on for the next 10 months, and that'll also be held on March 26th. Uh, the time will be from 2 to 4, and I am actually leading the hike that day, and we'll be going to Woodburn Forest Preserve, and we'll be doing the loop there, the Hemlock Loop, um, which takes you down by the swamp. We'll be stopping at the observation point, uh, which overlooks the swamp. We'll be walking through some uh, older forest, and making a bunch of stops along the way. So be sure to check that one out. Again, that's March 26th, this coming Saturday from 2 to 4. And uh, be sure to meet at the parking lot right along Route 29. Well, I guess that does it for today's show. If you have questions related to our shows, you can contact the Conservation District by calling 570-782-2105. If you missed a portion of today's show, you can go to our website, www.suscondistrict.org and find our conservation corner page with past episodes, links to information about past episodes, and a contact form where you can reach out and ask questions or make comments about the show. You can even suggest ideas for future shows. You've been listening to the Susquehanna County Conservation District's Conservation Corner. I'm Courtney Bronze. I'm Don Hibbard saying enjoy the outdoors.